Welcome to Literary Anything, our Marion Libraries podcast where we talk about anything literary and literary anything. I'm Jane. I'm Paula. Oh. <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> that did that last time. You just that, said, are you comfortable? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And now I moved it. And the arm of Jane's mic. Just squeaky. Just squeaky noise. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the end of year wrap up episode our favorite yes it's so much fun to do this one it is fun i look back on what we loved we considered doing what we hated but jane decided nah that's that's me too mean (laughs) so we're gonna just talk about what we loved that sounds great jane do you want to start us off with what you read not the podcast books but what else you've read that's been your favorite this year (gasps) Sure. I had a little short list of these books, as I always do each year, and I narrowed it down to four and then I narrowed it down to two. So mm. I chose a non-fiction and a fiction. So my favourite fiction book for the year was Sorrow and Bliss by Meg Mason. Oh, I've got to read that. It's so great. So I talk, if you want to know more about it, because we're not going to talk in great length about these because we've already done it this year but I will point you to episode 32 where I talk about it in more detail but this novel is about a woman called Martha she is married to a man called Patrick her husband thinks everything's fine but Martha knows something's wrong and she's not quite sure what it is so this book is about her descent into mental unwellness Mm. and her slow rise back out of that it's a love story but it's also It's almost, some people have called it an adult coming of age type book. This book is so immensely depressing to read, but it is also darkly funny. It is laugh out loud funny. As I've said a billion times, I really like these sorts of dark, humorous, miserable books. (laughs) And this is the epitome of that. It's a fantastic book. Read it really, really quickly. And yeah, go back to episode 32 if you want to know more about the plot and what I thought of it. My non-fiction pick of the year was Phosphorescence by Julia Baird. And I talk about this one in episode 35 in right in the middle-ish of the year. This is a book that won the ABA Book of the Year. It won the Indie Book Awards. It won the ABA Booksellers Choice Award. It's a gorgeous book and it's the kind of book that you give people. It's deep, it's captivating, it's thought-provoking and it's got a magical quality about it. And there's a little quote here that I pulled from the website. A beautiful, intimate and inspiring investigation into how we can find nature and nurture within ourselves, that essential quality of internal happiness. The light within that Julia Baird calls phosphorescence, which will sustain us even through the darkest times. So it's very of its moment, this Mm. book. And it was... Yeah, it's such a lovely read. Yeah, we both read that one and we both yes, loved it. Yes, that's right. You did yeah. too. I forgot about that. Even just the cover is beautiful. It's magical. Yeah. It's a gorgeous book. I really had to go back through my books. It wasn't like there was one standout one mm. that jumped into my head that I immediately knew. I really had to go back and think about all the books I've read this year. I feel like all the books that were my favorite, including the podcast ones, were a surprise to me as well. Yeah. But my favorite book this year was Le Consentement, which is consent in... French by Vanessa Springora. I read this book back in April and it's a memoir that caused a huge scandal in France because it details the author's grooming and sexual abuse by this literary icon who was three times her age at the time she was 13 or 14. And it was just 
shocking because of how everyone, including her mother, condoned this behavior and also how unapologetic the abuser was, how public he was. He wrote about it. He talked about it on TV. And it was all just accepted by everybody in the community because he was just like uh, literary revered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So amazing, precise, really revealing. And I guess what I loved about it in the end was that it was, I felt like it was triumphant for mm. Vanessa. She really got to take her story back. I feel like we read some it. quite traumatizing things <laughs> earlier in the year. Yeah. When I was looking back through our list, I was like, gosh, that was a miserable Heavy. little while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other book I want to mention is it's a bit weird because I feel like this will probably be my favorite book for the year, but I'm not quite finished it yet. I'm like 90% oh, through it. A late entry. Yeah, so unless something goes really awry in the next <laughs> little bit, I feel like this actually is my favorite book. This is fiction. So I guess we've each chosen a nonfiction and a fiction book. That worked book. out well. Yeah, it did, didn't it? That was <laughs> a completely happy accident. But I'm talking about The Paper Palace by oh. Miranda Cowley Heller. That has been everywhere and I've seen, that's even arrived for so many staff this week. I've given it to them that it's arrived on hold for them. Yeah, I have to find out who because I want to talk to them about it. I'll tell you after. Okay, all right. I, this one came on my radar because this was, if you like uh, Where the Crawdads Sing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, then you'll like this. And I see that they're both a coming of age novel about a young girl who's having to endure abuse and, you know, really kind of. Uh, I read upsetting. the back of it when it came through turns mm. the other day. I read, oh, see this everywhere. I read the back of it. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> not for That's Jane. not for me. <laughs> <laughs> but the circumstances are so very different that I don't know if I'd put these two books mm. together necessarily. And even though the circumstances of Crawdads, which is this girl was just abandoned, basically, mm. were very upsetting, there's something about this that's even more upsetting and harder to read so it's weird to say that it's uh, my favorite but I feel like as I said I'm not quite finished it and I feel like it's working up to this crescendo Ooh, yeah so it could go either way for yeah you. it could so I don't know I guess I'll let you know oh, you should have tried to finish it last I know night. I tried well no I'm listening to it so oh. it wasn't even like I could like you could have put forward. it on two times speed yeah and just the... sat in the car in the driveway yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that before I've like parked in the driveway and just get to the end of this chapter before I, have I turn to. the car off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so those are my two favorites. Good one. Yeah. Nice. Now, do you want to talk about your podcast favorites? Yes. Now, we were going to try and guess each other's favorite, but okay. I had a really hard time even deciding for you but well, you did choose one for I did me. choose one for you and I think you're gonna guess it. oh right really? <laughs> go on what do you think okay my guess is Hamnet yes <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite of the year so we read this back in episode 29 in March so this is set in 16th century England a young Latin tutor falls in love with an extraordinary eccentric young woman Agnes Agnes is a wild creature who wanders her family's land. She has a falcon um, and she has unusual gifts of being a healer, understanding plants and seems to be more at one with nature than she is with people. So people, of course, which I love, you know, oh, she's a bit witchy and whatever. (laughs) But then she settles down with this Latin tutor. They get married and they live in Stratford, um, in England 
and she becomes a fiercely protective mother, a centrifugal force in her husband's life, whose career on the London stage is starting to take off when his beloved young son succumbs to a sudden fever or the plague. Mm. Another tick for a historical <laughs> fiction this for me. It's got everything Jane loves. <laughs> so the description of this is it's a luminous portrait of a marriage shattering the shattering evocation of a family ravaged by grief and loss and a tender and unforgettable reimagining of a boy whose life has been all but forgotten and whose name was given to one of the most celebrated plays of all time. Hamlet is mesmerising, seductive, impossible to put down and it's um, a leap forward for one of our most gifted novelists, Maggie O'Farrell, who I've not read anything else of but I would like to. Mm. I adored this book so completely. It's a wonderful piece of historical fiction and the grief. Oh, my gosh, Mm. this was just... I think I honestly think about this book all the time. Really, I really, really yeah, do. Yeah, you mentioned it in the last episode because there were something about Some the last similarities. episode that yeah reminded yeah. you of it. Mm. And it was so beautiful and sad, and it was so nice to read a historical fiction novel that you could really connect with from a mother or mm. a wife or a parent. We read this book on the back of the push at the beginning of the year. Yes, so. It was such a teary, sad couple of months, wasn't <laughs> it? Do you remember? Of children dying, that's right. It's like the whole first half of the year there was the death. death. <laughs> it was so sad. So I don't know whether I was impacted by mm. that period of reading all of these sad things at once, <laughs> but it's a magnificent book. I loved it. <laughs> and I, I don't it own it. I feel bad that I don't – because I, I borrowed it from the library. I feel like I want – I want it. <laughs> and have it. Have it. Hold on to it. It's one I of wanna, your faves. Yeah, I want to reread it again, but I think it's too soon. So mm. anyway. One day. One day. <laughs> now, I couldn't guess. I know there were so many that you liked, but there were elements of things, almost all of them, that you were like, mm, <laughs> about so many. Tell me. Tell me. Well, I did a runner-up. Oh. And actually, I've got a tie for the runner-up. The Thai books are After Story by Larissa Barrent mm-hmm. and Apples Never Fall by Leanne Moriarty. Oh, I did wonder if you were going to pick Apples Never Fall. Yeah, I, they were both a pleasant surprise to me. Mm. Um, After Story because I'd never read that author before and I didn't really know what to expect and I just loved it. And Apples Never Fall because I'd been a bit underwhelmed by Leanne Moriarty's yeah. books lately and I feel like that one was a, yeah, that's her again. It was She's such a good back. book, wasn't it? Mm. That was a great story. Yeah. Yeah. So those were my runners up, but my favorite one, and again, I had to go back and really look over my notes, and I realized that my favorite for the year is Smart Ovens for Lonely People by Elizabeth Tan. I never would have thought that a short story anthology would be my favorite, but these stories were just so well written. And when I went back and listened to us talk about it, we were both really enthralled with yeah. these short stories. And because they are short stories, I can't really talk about, you know, they're, they're just the so broader. broad. Yeah. 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 But just really clever and quirky and unlike anything else I've ever read. And I just felt like the writing was supreme. So if I was to choose a runner up, this was my runner up as okay. well. Ah. And we read it way, it was the first episode of the year. This is our yes, that's um, right. episode 27. Yes, our first book of 2021. It's hard to talk about because it is short stories and some of them are like two pages long. Yeah. They're really short that's stories right. or some are obviously a bit lengthier than that. I guess it has a broader theme 
of sort of a commentary on society and mm, modern things, life modern life and things yeah. like that and the future a little bit I loved this too I love this so much because it was so strange and mm. so out there I wish so much that I had not read it so that I could read it again for the first time. <laughs> That's when you know, you know I mean? a book is really good. Yeah. yeah. When you when somebody else is going to read it and you are almost jealous of them yes, <laughs> experiencing you just it. No, it's going to be so fun and cool and interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved that as well. That was a really good pick for the beginning of the year. Yes. Now, shall I tell you about what our borrowers were borrowing? Yes, the most borrowed books of the year. Shall it's I say that we're always a bit yeah. about this list, aren't we? I know. So, <laughs> so I wonder how you're going to feel awful. about it. I know. That's not good <laughs> that we, we so don't rude. like what our borrowers are borrowing. <laughs> we're just putting up our noses and being really snobby about it, which is like, we're always like, no, read what you like. I know, the antithesis of our <laughs> profession. Yes. <laughs> so I thought I would start with nonfiction. Yes. And now, I, can I guess? Or, well, I'll say... The last two years have been pretty bum bum because yes. it's been, oh, what's it called? The money, um, the family. Yeah. Oh, I can't even remember now. So many. Scott Pape. <laughs> what's it it's called? It's called Barefoot Investor. Oh, that's it. <laughs> How could we forget that? It's been on the I top know, for like years. Hundreds of people waiting for it for <laughs> three years running. That's right. <laughs> Different editions. And, okay, so do you want to guess whether it made the top 10 this year? I'm going to say yes, it did. It did not. Didn't it? <laughs> no. So when I saw that, I thought, oh, great. This is, it didn't even make the top 20, surprisingly. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Everyone in the world's read it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> There's nobody left <laughs> except us, you and me. <laughs> so do you want to guess maybe what else you think could be in the top 10 for nonfiction? <gasps> I have no idea. Okay. Some sort of cookbook, maybe Ottolenghi? Yes, you got oh, that one. Really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do it. So number yep. 10 is Think Like a Monk mm. by Jay Shetty. Yep. Yeah, we saw that one a lot. Number nine, So You Think You Know What's Good For You. That's that Norman Swan book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And he was like, what, did, wasn't he voted some kind of sex symbol or something? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Surprising. Number eight was Ottolenghi Flavor. Yes. So, yep, Jane got that one. Seven was Phosphorescence. Oh. Yeah. Lovely. Unsurprising. Again, by Julia Baird. Number six, this surprised me, The Tap Dancing Knife Thrower. Oh. Yeah, that's the Paul Hogan autobiography. Wow. Oh, really? Yes. There you go. Hmm. Number five was A Promised Land by Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. So that's of not course. so surprising. Yeah. Number four was Seven Ways, Jamie Oliver. Oh, yeah. Number three, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Lovely. That was one, one of, of our ours. Favorites. Yeah, from 2020. Yeah, that was a great book. It was. Number two was another cookbook. The Fast 800. Oh, I guess um. if you can call that a cookbook, it's kind of a cookbook slash lose weight kind of thing mm -hmm. by Michael yeah. Mosley. The Fast 800 Easy, I should say, by Michael Mosley. And number one, this is nice. I like this because he just recently sadly passed oh, away in October. the happiest man on earth. That's right, Eddie oh, Jacku. That's nice. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, those were the top ten. A few little mentions that were didn't make quite make the top ten but were in the top 20 that 
were our podcast books. Uh, number 13 was Becoming, still yes. Michelle Obama. Wow. Uh, number 15, My Friend Anna. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. And I wonder if it's because the Netflix series keeps threatening to come out. Or because of our podcast. Us. I mean, of and course. my never-ending commentary on that book. <laughs> on how you love-hate that book. <laughs> <laughs> and still hanging in there. Number 20, Stranger Country, Monica wow. Tan. Another wow. Aussie one. That's probably because of the podcast too. Again, yes, <laughs> of course. We're Trendsetters. Influence, influencers, influencers, that's what we are. <laughs> now, fiction. Any guesses? Mm. Did Nora Roberts have books out this year? I don't know. And no, no. she's not in here. Hmm. I mean, there are two usual suspects. Yes. Is there a James Patterson? Surprisingly not. Okay. Yeah, that is a surprise, actually. All right, Mm. go on then. Okay. Number 10, Blue Moon by Lee Child. Oh, yes. Yep. Number nine, The Champagne War by Fiona McIntosh. Of course. Yep. Number eight, this is also unsurprising, The Thursday Murder Club by Mm -hmm. Richard Osman. Number seven is one of our podcast books that I liked and you didn't. Oh, <laughs> I li- oh, Midnight Library. Yeah, by mm. Matt Haig. <laughs> Number six was The Law of Innocence by Michael Connolly. Yes. Number five, A Time for Mercy by John Grisham. Number four, Fair Warning, also by Michael Connolly. Number three, The Godmothers by Monica oh, McInerney. Another yeah. Adelaide author. Yeah, that's right. And this one is another Australian author. Number two is The Survivors by Jane Harper. That was a great book. Have you read that? I didn't read it, but yes, I remember that it's you really loved it. a really good book. Yeah, well worth reading. And number one, The Sentinel, Lee Child. Mm, Lee Child, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Will we ever read a Lee Child book <laughs> on the podcast? Unlikely, if Jane has anything to say about it. <laughs> Isn't that awful? Very popular, though. Yes. That's there a they great are. list. That's a good list. Yeah. Well done, everyone. <laughs> In literary news, this was one thing that I was kind of not really wanting to mention, but I kept seeing this news story. And we did just mention this author last month, or actually this month, really, because we just did our December podcast. I mentioned that there were elements of devotion that reminded me of the lovely bones. Oh, yes. 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 Have you seen this news yes. story? I did oh, not know gosh. that... Alice Seabolt, who wrote The Lovely Bones, she wrote a memoir, a crime memoir called Lucky, about a sexual assault that she experienced. And they were going to make that memoir into a movie. And in the process of doing so, the people that were involved with the movie were looking at all the facts and thought, this isn't actually adding up. And they got lawyers to look into the case some more. And through that a judge exonerated the man that was in prison for 16 years for this falsely rape. Falsely accused. Falsely accused. I know. Can you believe that? I saw, I think it might have been yesterday that she apologised. Oh, I hadn't seen that. Yeah. I was looking for that. She apologised because I think she saw 
him afterwards and sort of pointed out and said that's the guy that did it. That's right. But and then it wasn't. Well, yeah, she she encountered him on the street and yes. thought that looks like him. But mm. then they did a police lineup mm. with her and she didn't pick him. Mm. But then I think there was something about the police officer sort of guiding her. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it, again, it was a situation of cross-cultural identification, which yeah. they've talked about is yes. problematic. And I think there was something to do with a hair sample as well that was also... faulty evidence what an awful awful story yeah it's interesting that you say that alice siebold did apologize Mm. because in the end the gentleman who was falsely accused and eventually exonerated did say that he wanted an apology from her but he said that he sympathized with her and what happened to her and that he just wanted a sincere apology and that Mm. he would accept it and he's not bitter wow Mm. what a yeah, it just wrecked his whole life, even after he, because he did get out of prison, mm. but then he was w- working tirelessly to try and clear his yeah. name. Awful. And now it's it's happened. In lighter, more fun and <laughs> exciting news, <laughs> this was just announced today that Sarah Snook, who is the actress that people may know from the Emmy Award winning HBO series Succession. Do you watch that, Mm -mm. Jane? No, everyone in the world does though. Yeah, we just started watching it. It is good and she's really good in it. She is set to star in a movie called Run, Rabbit, Run, which is written by none other than Hannah Kent. And not only is Hannah Kent from Adelaide, but Sarah Snook, I didn't realize is from Eden Hills. I know, so close to us. So close to us. Hills girl like us. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. I think they're just starting to film it this month, they say, shooting in South Australia and Victoria. Oh, great. Yeah. Shall we talk about what we're looking forward to? Yes, coming out next year. Coming out next year. So there is a couple of big ones, but I'm going to talk about things that are just getting a little bit of, you know conversation across Mm. all these different platforms or places that I check for this sort of thing as being highly anticipated for 2022. So the first one is called The Book of Cold Cases by Simone St. James. This is out in March 2022. This is about a true crime blogger who gets more than she bargained for while interviewing the woman acquitted of two cold case slayings. And she is the author of The Sundown Motel. Have you read that? No. No, me either. Apparently it was a really big best-selling book, The Sundown Motel. I don't read a lot of crime, but this sounds intriguing. Mm. So it's set across two time periods, 1977 when these two men are murdered with the same gun. Beth Greer is the perfect suspect of this, but she's acquitted and then she retreats into isolation and then jump forward to 2017 and Shay Collins is a receptionist, but by night she runs a true crime website called The Book of Cold Cases and she happens to meet Beth by chance and asks her for an interview and to her surprise she says yes and so they start meeting regularly at Beth's mansion and some unusual things start to happen. So items move when she's not looking. She thinks she sees a girl outside the window. And all these sorts of mysterious things start to happen. Now, you read Sugar Bane, didn't you? Yes, I did. And did you like it? I can't remember. It or is, was it? It is extremely depressing and hard yes. going. Well, good news for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that Douglas Stewart's got a new book coming out next <laughs> next April called Young Mungo. And so as you know, Shuggy Bain won zillions of awards. It was super duper popular. I think it won the Booker. Did it win the Booker? Yeah, or it was shortlisted. One something. of the two, wasn't yeah. it? 
So this is his second novel. It's a vivid portrayal of working class life and a highly suspenseful story of the dangerous first love of two young men, Mungo and James. So Mungo is Protestant, James is Catholic. They live in Glasgow in this hyper-masculine, violently sectarian world of Glasgow's housing estates. So it is their story. And I imagine it's probably going to be just as gritty and just as hard going as Shuggy Bane was. It almost sounds like it's a continuation on from Shuggy Bane because the boy in Shuggy Bane, they described him as quote unquote different. Right. Uh, And that was him when he was a child. So this sounds almost like a coming of age. Yes, it could be. From there. Mm. So that looks good. And the um, cover is like that. Oh, yes. Two men having a passionate kiss, but also looking rather sweaty. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, in an in a seventies eighties yeah. kind of a way. Yeah, <laughs> a specific kind of sweatiness. <laughs> now, Sarah J. Maas, you know the Crescent City series. Is that that's her series? That's her series. You'd know the covers if you saw them. This is a continuation, the House of Sky and Breath. This is coming out in February twenty twenty two. Now, I've spoken to you about this TV series called The Only Murders in the Building. Oh. Oh, yes. Which I so much like. And so did I. We watched that, like, yeah. we binged it. It yeah. was so good. It's so yeah. atmospheric, isn't it? Steve Just Martin. Martin Short. Martin Short, And yes. Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez. Such a great really series. Really good. So, for fans of that, there's this new book by Lucy Foley out called The Paris Apartment. This is out in March 2022. So, it is set in Paris in a beautiful old apartment block where nothing goes unseen and everyone has a story to unlock so the watchful concierge the scorned lover the prying journalist the naive student and then the unwanted guest something terrible happens one night and a mystery lies behind the door of apartment three so only you the reader and the killer hold the key so it sounds Hmm. Kind of crime light mm. in the same way that the only murders in the buildings, a bit funny and a bit yeah. quirky and unusual. You know, people die, but it's not that sad. It's not sad, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, there's a couple of movies coming out this year that are based on books, which I thought I'd quickly talk about. June 2022, Where the Crawdads Sing, <gasps> out. As a movie. Yes, who's starring in that? So again? that's got Daisy Edgar Jones, who's the uh, lead in Normal People. Oh, that's right. Yes, your favourite book. <laughs> <laughs> so that is headed up by Hello Sunshine. They've that's produced right. the film, which is Reese Witherspoon's uh, production company. She is so on the money with these sorts of things. So that'll be out. I don't know if that's being released in theatres or if it's a Netflix thing, or mm. but that'll be out soon. Well, which be good. we'll find out and we'll definitely be talking about it on the podcast because I will definitely you'll want be, to see that. I'll be all over that. You'll be watching that so hard. Any way I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, have you read, and I already know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. <laughs> have you read Persuasion by Jane Austen? <laughs> <laughs> it's so mean of you to... <laughs> Persistent asking me, even though you know the answer is no. Oh, that's a surprise. So, <laughs> so persuasion is. I think there's 
quite a few iterations of persuasion and all these sorts of Jane Austen novels have been turned into varying successful movies. Mm. But Dakota Johnson will be starring in Persuasion. So this is a Netflix um, premiere. This is in... just says 2022, so sometime next year mm. this will be out. So there are things to look out for next yeah. year. <laughs> really good. There were just two things I wanted to talk about that I am anticipating next year. So I raved and raved last year when I read Catherine Tamiko Argyle's mm. book, The Things She Owned. Yes. She has a book coming out in April 2022 that is part cookbook, part autobiography. It explores the food of Japan through the seasons, which are actually micro seasons, so they're divided into 24, while also delving into the author's past through these memories of food. So it's really sounds so good, so doesn't it? clever that combination. I love books like this. I love books about food and other countries and. seasonal things yes yeah it sounds brilliant and the other one that you told me about jane is again rachel is coming out in february which is marion keys the sequel to rachel's holiday which is the book that made me fall in love with marion keys i am still a huge marion keys fan but around that time, how long ago was that? 15 years ago? That was 97. Oh, whoa, yes. like 20-something years yes. ago. I started reading Marion Keys in my early 20s, mm. so a little bit after that came out. And gosh, I just devoured every single book that she has written. Yeah, we were, we were exactly the same on this yeah, topic. I, yeah, I can't wait to read that. I know. I was reading Marion Keys' blog posts at mm. the same time too so like not only did I love that book but I also wanted Marion Keys to be my best friend <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm so lame but anyway yeah super looking you know forward that to we that we had Marion Keys here, here I know then? no I was not oh, I've and I'm her. yeah oh. I've got a book signed by her oh. <laughs> <laughs> so mean what year was that do you remember oh, how gosh. many years did I miss that by it was for when she released anybody out there oh. that would have been 2000 and five or six. Oh, okay so i really really missed it sorry <laughs> <laughs> she's lovely though <laughs> yeah i'm sure she is <laughs> <laughs> well you never know maybe she's touring next year for the release that would be amazing that would be amazing and it would be your job to get her okay. <laughs> i'll put it on the list <laughs> so those are our books that we loved and that we're highly anticipating Don't forget that our book for next year, our first book for 2022, is Lemon by Kwon Yeo-sun. Enjoy. Let us know if you've read any of these books or if you agree or disagree. Join the Facebook group. Subscribe to the podcast. Have a very happy Christmas. Should we sing a Christmas song? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Be led by you, Jane. Let's not. Merry Christmas, everybody, and a Happy New Year. Bye. (laughs) And then we'll do news. Yes. And then you want to do... Or no, the things we're looking forward to is your new books, new books yeah. that you've yeah. got coming. And then we'll do, or should we do news first and then what we're looking forward sure. to? Sure. I'll just do what I'm told. <laughs> <laughs>
it's off we'll already forgotten what you said. Yeah, don't worry about it. I'll just cut out all the bits where we <laughs> waffle about what we're doing next. <laughs> yeah, great idea. <laughs> it's Friday. It's Friday. I mean, I can't even. And it's our favourite episode of the year. I know. <laughs>